Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Tuesday, November 14th. Don't hold your breath, but it looks like Capitol Hill might actually get a holiday break this year. I'm hearing from both senior Democrat and Republican aides and lawmakers that they think Speaker Mike Johnson's two-step continuing resolution will probably pass when it comes to the floor today. Of course, this is the House we're talking about here, so maybe don't book those plane tickets for a couple of hours to make sure. Republicans are expected to put the bill on the floor under suspension of the rules. That means they're going to need two-thirds of the chamber to actually get this passed. The magic number here is around 290. In fact, I think it's 290 exactly if I'm doing my math right. Sources were telling me to look at the September 30th clean CR that passed with 335 lawmakers, including 209 Democrats and 126 Republicans. Officially, House Democratic leaders have been keeping their cards closed and not waiting on this publicly. They're going to be meeting privately this morning with their members, discuss the matter as a, quote, family, then decide altogether how they're going to vote. But I'm told by Democrats familiar with discussions amongst Hakeem Jeffries' leadership team yesterday that they expect senior Democrats to actually back this measure, along with a majority of the Democratic caucus. Why? Because the alternative, they think, just sounds bad that Democrats would be cheering a shutdown because they don't like the two-step CR process. And now for our second story of the morning. So the White House has spent the past three months trying to build enthusiasm for Biden's economic record using one word, Bidenomics. Now the White House is getting the picture. This sales pitch just ain't working. And joining me now is our White House reporter, Adam Kankren, to talk about a scoop he has up this morning. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. It's great to be with you, Rachel. So tell us about this data you got your hands on that the White House is pouring over right now. Yes. So this is extensive polling done by two progressive groups, the Progressive Change Campaign Committee and Data for Progress. And what essentially they did was ask people about Bidenomics, Biden's economic record, what they were hearing, what they weren't hearing, what they liked, what they didn't like for several weeks throughout the summer and fall. And what it really gives us is an extensive picture of a couple of things. Uh, One, confirmation that Bidenomics as a whole, Biden's economic record, just isn't really landing with voters. No matter what they hear, they don't feel good about the economy. They don't believe that it's getting better. And crucially, they say that they haven't really heard anything or much of anything about the progress that Biden has made on a whole bunch of different policy areas. The second thing that they you know, tried to figure out in this polling was, okay, if you tweak the messaging, how can you get people toward maybe a little bit of a better view of the economy and of Biden overall? That remains the work in progress. And that is what the White House, Democrats on Capitol Hill, top party operatives, that's what they've been really interested in here. And this is obviously problematic Number one, because of the timing. I mean, we're a year out from Biden's potential reelection. And Bidenomics has been, correct me if I'm wrong, a central plank of, you know, his reelection campaign, right? Absolutely. I mean, the economy is something that, you know, any president has to run on for reelection. Here, it's especially crucial because this was seen as something that would be a big strength for Biden, especially going up against what's likely going to be, you know, Donald Trump next November. Everything, if you look at the economic indicators, is going the right way. It's just that people don't feel it. They are still hung up on inflation. They're still hung up on the cost of living. And there's actually one really striking stat that they found in here, which is that even when you tell people inflation's coming down, unemployment is near record lows, and then you ask them, so how do you feel about the economy now? 
still 70% of people were saying, I don't feel like it's getting better. And that is really the main problem that the White House has encapsulated in, in one statistic. And that's even when you have a leading question. <laughs> even when you put uh, your on finger the survey. on the survey. Yeah, okay. So you mentioned they're talking about potential solutions here. How do they reboot or what are they looking at to fix this? Yeah, so there were a few conclusions that this polling found. One, that people felt like they uh, were more in tune with Biden and his direction on the economy when they heard empathy, when they heard uh, a sense of just, you know, not being told, hey, the economy is good, you should feel good too, but heard, look, things have been tough the last few years, the economy is still challenging, but the president is trying to get it going in the right direction, right? And when they heard empathy, when they heard a sense of uh, an acknowledgement that things have been tough, that improved numbers a little bit. And then the second part of the formula was reminding people how the economy was under Trump. People felt like, you know, a lot of times it was chaos. Uh, reminding people of, you know, the fact that 2020 and COVID and the pandemic all started under Trump. Once you reminded people of how it used to be before Biden, they became even a little bit more open to Biden's record now. So it's a combination of, you know, contrast, something that we've we've heard that the White House is going to kind of incorporate more into their messaging. And then also this idea of, you know, meeting people where they are, acknowledging that things are still pretty painful for some folks. Yeah, that contrast is going to be really critical for them in 2024. And what is it that Biden loves to say? Compare me to the alternative, not the almighty. Exactly. There was a nugget in your piece that was interesting, too, that some of these outside groups were suggesting the White House campaign on expanding Social Security. Really interesting stuff, given what Republicans are debating right now. Absolutely. This was really interesting because if you ask folks you know, what they really cared about. Social Security, by and large, is one of the things that matters to most people, you know, across the aisle. But then if they went and they asked and said, you know, who do you trust more to protect your Social Security benefits? And it was roughly evenly split between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And the conclusion there is because this never became a big fight this year. If you remember, Biden got Republicans to take Social Security benefit cuts off the table during the State of the Union in February. It never pierced the public consciousness. And so people don't really know what a Democrat stands for versus what Republicans stand for. So the suggestion here was, you know, really go out and look for that fight, look for that partisan fight, and do it by saying, uh, let's expand Social Security benefits and let's pay for it by raising taxes on billionaires. So now, not only are you picking a fight on Social Security, but now you're creating that, uh, that contrast on taxes as well. Amazing, given that Social Security runs out in less than a decade. But I suppose if they're talking about tax yeah. increases, <laughs> details, details. details. Um, no, and, and of course, this is all a messaging war because on Capitol Hill, it's not like Biden can just pass a new bill, a new agenda item that he can run on because Republicans hold the House. But interesting stuff. Adam, thank you for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. As for the rest of your schedule today, the House and the Senate are in. This morning, President Biden will deliver remarks on the administration's plan to address the climate crisis. Later, Biden will travel to San Francisco in preparation for the APEC summit tomorrow. And there's still time to register for Politico's annual defense summit today at noon. There will be exclusive interviews and expert discussions with defense and security leaders to talk about shifting global power centers and public attitudes. Estonia's prime minister will be there, as well as the Senate Armed Services Committee Chair Jack Reed, House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner, and the secretaries of the Army and Air Force, just to name a few. For more info and a link to register, check out today's playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.